You're listening to the Holy Bible One Year Challenge with master storyteller Michael Wood, featuring the easy-to-read version and used by permission from Bible Week International. Enjoy the show! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Day 169. We are continuing in the book of 1 Kings. Solomon has prayed for wisdom, and God has given it to him. And we see the first case presented before him. It will be interesting to see if his decision is truly wise and a very controversial and difficult matter. And we also see King Solomon's kingdom growing and its riches, influence, and power as he begins to build the temple of the Lord. Remember, the Ark of the Covenant has been all along carried in a tent and being held in a tent. But King Solomon wants something a bit more solid, a temple made of the finest stone and wood in the empire. We're also continuing in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit actually speaks to the apostles and sends out Barnabas and Saul to the city of Cyprus. And there they meet a magician. He's actually a Jew by the name of Bar-Jesus. And at first, he's really receptive. He wants to hear this message of God. But then he turns against them. So here we'll have a classic case of magic versus the Holy Spirit. Who's going to win? If you enjoy the show, visit me at patreon.com forward slash storymaster. You'll find the link in the description box below. By contributing as little as $1 per month, you will enable me to continue this ministry. And you'll get cool rewards too. Together, we're going to get through the Bible in one year. Let's get started. 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 to 28. Proof of Solomon's wisdom. One day, two prostitutes came to Solomon and stood before the king. One of the women said, Sir, this woman and I live in the same house. We were both pregnant and ready to give birth to our babies. I had my baby while she was there with me. Three days later, she also gave birth to her baby. There was no one else in the house with us, just the two of us. One night in her sleep, she accidentally rolled on top of the baby, and the baby died. That night, while I was asleep, she took my son from my bed and carried him to her bed. Then she put her dead baby in my bed. In the morning, I woke up and was about to feed the baby when I saw that he was dead. When I looked at him more closely, I saw that he was not my baby. But the other woman said, No! The dead baby is yours, and the one still alive is mine. But the first woman said, No, you are wrong. The dead baby is yours. The one that is still alive is mine. So the two women argued in front of the king. Then King Solomon said, Each of you says that the living baby is your own, and that the dead baby belongs to the other woman. Then King Solomon sent his servant to get a sword. He told the servant, Cut the living baby in two, and give one half of the baby to each woman. The second woman said, Yes, 
cut him in two. Then neither of us will have him. But the first woman, the real mother, loved her son and said to the king, Please, sir, don't kill the baby. Give him to her. Then King Solomon said, Stop! Don't kill the baby. Give him to this woman. She is the real mother. The people of Israel respected the king when they heard about this decision. They saw he had the wisdom of God to make the right decisions. King Solomon ruled over all Israel. These are the names of his leading officials. Azariah, son of Zadok, was the priest. Elahoreph and Ahijah, sons of Shisha, had the job of writing notes about what happened in the courts. Jehoshaphat, son of Ahilud, wrote notes about the history of the people. Benaiah, son of Jehoiada, was the commander of the army. Zadok and Abiathar were priests. Azariah, son of Nathan, was in charge of the district governors. Zabud, son of Nathan, was a priest and an advisor to King Solomon. Ahishar was responsible for everything in the king's palace. Odinaram, son of Abda, was in charge of the slaves. Israel was divided into twelve districts. Solomon chose governors to rule over each district. These governors were ordered to gather food from their districts and give it to the king and his family. Each of the twelve governors was responsible for giving food to the king for one month each year. These are the names of the twelve governors. Ben-Hur was governor of the hill country of Ephraim. Ben-Dakur was governor of Mekaz, Shalbim, Beth Shemesh, and Elon Bathanen. Ben-Hesed was governor of Arabah, Soko, and Hefer. Ben-Abinadab was governor of Nafath Dor. He was married to Tephath, daughter of Solomon. Bena, son of Ahalud, was governor of Tanak and Megiddo, and all of Bethshean next to Zarathon. This was below Jezreel, from Bethshean to Abel Mahola, across from Jekmeen. Ben Geber was governor of Ramoth Gilead. He was governor of all the towns and villages of Jair, son of Manasseh, in Gilead. He was also governor of the district of Argob in Bashan. In this area, there were 60 cities with big walls around them. These cities also had bronze bars on the gates. Ahinadab, son of Edith, was governor of Mahanaim. Ahimaz was governor of Naphtali. He was married to Basamath, the daughter of Solomon. Bena, son of Hushai, was governor of Asher and Elah. Jehoshaphat, son of Perua, was governor of Issachar. Shemi, son of Elah, was governor of Benjamin. Geber, son of Uri, was governor of Gilead. There had been two kings in this area, King Sihon of the Amorites and King Og of Bashan. But Solomon appointed only one governor for that district. In Judah and Israel, there was as many people as grains of sand on the seashore. The people were happy and had plenty to eat and drink. Solomon ruled over all the kingdoms from the Euphrates River to the land of the Philistines. His kingdom went as far as the border of Egypt. 
these countries sent gifts to Solomon, and they obeyed him all his life. This is the amount of food that Solomon needed each day for all the people he was responsible for. 6,600 liters of fine flour, 13,200 liters of meal, 10 grain-fed cattle, 20 pasture-fed cattle, 100 sheep, wild animals such as deer, gazelles, roe deer, and game birds. Solomon ruled over all the countries west of the Euphrates River, from Tifsa to Gaza, and Solomon had peace along all the borders of his kingdom. During Solomon's life, everyone in Judah and Israel, all the way from Dan to Beersheba, lived in peace and security. The people were at peace, sitting under their own fig trees and grapevines. Solomon had places to keep 4,000 horses for his chariots, and he had 12,000 horses for riding. And each month, one of the 12 district governors gave King Solomon everything he needed for all the people who ate at the king's table. Each governor also brought enough straw and barley to where it was needed for the chariot horses and the riding horses. God made Solomon very wise. Solomon could understand more than anyone could imagine. He was wiser than anyone in the east or in Egypt. He was wiser than anyone on earth. Even Ethan, the Ezraite, and the sons of Mahol, Heman, Kalkol, and Darda. King Solomon became famous in all the surrounding countries. By the end of his life, he had written 3,000 proverbs and 1,005 songs. Solomon taught about many different kinds of plants, everything from the great cedar trees of Lebanon to the little vines that grow out of the walls. He also taught about animals, birds, and snakes. People from every nation came to listen to Solomon's wisdom. Kings all over the world sent their people to listen to him. Hiram was the king of Tyre. He had always been David's friend. So when Hiram heard that Solomon had become the new king after David, he sent his servants to Solomon. This is the message that Solomon sent to King Hiram. You remember that my father, King David, had to fight many wars all around him. So he was never able to build a temple to honor the Lord his God. King David was waiting until the Lord allowed him to defeat all his enemies. But now the Lord my God has given me peace along all the borders of my country. I have no enemies, and my people are in no danger. The Lord made a promise to my father David. He said, I will make your son king after you, and he will build a temple to honor me. So now I plan to build that temple to honor the Lord my God. And so I ask you to help me. Send your men to Lebanon to cut down cedar trees for me. My men will work with them, and I will pay you whatever wages you want for your workers. As you know, we have no one as skilled in cutting timber as your men from Sidon. Hiram was very happy when he heard what Solomon asked. He said, I praise the Lord today 
for giving David a wise son to rule this great nation. Then Hiram sent this message to Solomon. I heard what you asked for. I will give you all the cedar trees and the pine trees you want. My servants will bring them down from Lebanon to the sea. Then I will tie them together and float them down the shore to the place you choose. There I will separate the logs and you can take them from there. As payment for this, you can give food to all those who live in my palace. So Hiram gave Solomon all the cedar and pine logs that he wanted. Solomon gave Hiram about 2,000 tons of wheat and about 440,000 liters of pure olive oil every year for his family. The Lord made Solomon wise as he had promised. Hiram and Solomon made a treaty between themselves and were at peace with each other. King Solomon forced 30,000 men from all over Israel to help in this work. He chose a man named Adonira to be in charge of them. Solomon divided the men into three groups with 10,000 men in each group. Each group worked for one month in Lebanon and then went home for two months. Solomon also forced 80,000 men to work in the hill country cutting stone. There were also 70,000 men to carry the stones. There were 3,300 men to supervise the workers. King Solomon commanded them to cut large, expensive stones for the foundation of the temple. Solomon's and Hiram's builders were joined by men from Byblos to carve the stones and prepare the logs and the stones for use in building the temple. Acts chapter 12, verses 19 to 25. Later, Herod moved from Judea. He went to the city of Caesarea and stayed there for a while. Herod was very angry with the people from the cities of Tyre and Sidon, but these cities needed food from his country. So a group of them came to ask him for peace. They were able to get Blastus, the king's personal servant, on their side. Herod decided on a day to meet with them. On that day, he was wearing a beautiful royal robe. He sat on his throne and made a speech to the people. The people shouted, This is the voice of a god! not a man. Herod did not give the glory to God, so an angel of the Lord caused him to get sick. He was eaten by worms and died. The message of God was spreading, reaching more and more people. After Barnabas and Saul finished their work in Jerusalem, they returned to Antioch, taking John Mark with them. Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 12. In the church of Antioch, there were some prophets and teachers. They were Barnabas, Simeon, also called Niger, Lucius from the city of Cyrene, Menaean, who had grown up with King Herod, and Saul. These men were all serving the Lord and fasting 
when the Holy Spirit said to them, Appoint Barnabas and Saul to do a special work for me. They are the ones I have chosen to do it. After the church fasted and prayed, they laid their hands on Barnabas and Saul and sent them out. Barnabas and Saul were sent out by the Holy Spirit. They went to the city of Seleucia. Then they sailed from there to the island of Cyprus. When Barnabas and Saul came to the city of Salamis, they told the message of God in the Jewish synagogues. John Mark was with them to help. They went across the whole island to the city of Paphos. There they met a Jewish man named Bar-Jesus who did magic. He was a false prophet. He always stayed close to Sergius Paulus, who was the governor and a very smart man. He invited Barnabas and Saul to come and visit him because he wanted to hear the message of God. But the magician Elimus, as Bar-Jesus was called in Greek, spoke against them, trying to stop the governor from believing in Jesus. But Saul, who was also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Spirit. He looked straight at Elimus and said, You son of a devil, full of lies and all kinds of evil tricks, you are an enemy of everything that is right. Will you never stop trying to change the Lord's truths into lies? Now the Lord will touch you, and you will be blind. For a time you will not be able to see anything, not even the light from the sun. Then everything became dark for Elimus. He walked around lost. He was trying to find someone to lead him by the hand. When the governor saw this, he believed. He was amazed at the teaching about the Lord. Psalm chapter 74, verses 18 to 23. Lord, remember the enemy insulted you. Those foolish people hate your name. Don't give us like a helpless dove to those wild animals. Never forget your poor, suffering people. Remember the agreement you gave us. Because violence fills every dark place in this land. Don't let those who have suffered be hurt anymore. Let your poor, helpless people praise you. God, get up and defend yourself. Remember, those fools challenged you. Don't forget the shouts of your enemies. They insulted you again and again. Thank you, everyone. That was day 169. Join us for day 170. We're continuing in 1 Kings. Solomon begins to build the temple of the Lord, but then he's not finished. He then decides to build a palace for himself. And in the book of Acts, Paul and Barnabas go to Antioch, and he gives the people there a long history lesson on God's movement and what action they need to take. We hope you enjoyed today's verses. Be sure to leave us a positive review and to share this podcast with your friends and family. 
please join us for the next episode as we experience the Bible in one year. Did you know we offer online courses in creative writing, literature, and web design? Visit us at storymaster.online to learn more.